wave to the bass player, please. Oh, don't wave to the piano player either. But especially don't wave to the bass player. It distracts them. Uh, when you hear what do you know, you respond as if you were one person, not much. An editorial from Michael Feldman. What? Am I being impeached? Have I committed high crimes and misdemeanors? Maybe so, but I can explain them. When this impeachment thing started preempting the Saturday broadcast of our show, I knew it had gotten out of hand. Have they no decency? Do I sense perhaps a roundabout way of silencing the voice of opposition? <laughs> After all, our inspector is a key player. None of us has forgotten his simple bullethead theory. President Clinton may or may not suffer consequences from his little peccadillos. <laughs> but I and Jim and John and Jeff, none of whom have told Betty Curie to do anything, <laughs> and only one of whom, John, has read Vox, have. And once again, speaking strictly for myself, let me say I cannot even imagine engaging in any such conduct with a Jewish girl. Now, to date, we have lost two shows to the madness, and it's very likely the spellbinding charts and monotone speeches of the illustrious gang of managers. I'll be studying Bob Barr's face for ticks, won't you? <laughs> Sounding like social studies teachers who begin each day by saying, turn to chapter four. <laughs> will take us out once again this weekend without offering to pay for the date. And sex, I can guess, is pretty much out. What about our First Amendment rights? The right to broadcast no matter what. Yeah. Trapped in a public radio system which believes that something that nobody wants to hear can still be called hearings <laughs> and must therefore be broadcast in their droning entirety or all things will not have been considered. We are being stifled, repressed, censored, not censured, <laughs> and denied our habeas corpus, or something like that. I'm not any better lawyer than Jim Sensenbrenner. <laughs> Yet we will be heard. Prague Spring shall come to these parts, or my name isn't Vaclav Havel. <laughs> because so many of you will be forced not to listen to the impalement hearings. I mean, until Monica shows up wearing what? Who knows? <laughs> Tough choice for it, really. I mean, pick out an outfit for that. We at What Do You Know have decided to go underground and put this week's show, and I mean all of it, up on the net. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Failing that, we shall mimeograph and hand it out on the street. <laughs> or have a dozen people each memorize one of my monologue jokes and blurt them out in bus stations. <laughs> Jim will wander the streets saying, that's one right. Jeff will become a mime, perhaps dressing up his base as a woman of substance. <laughs> John will sleep in seven days a week instead of six. <laughs> and with pluck and determination, my friends, we shall persevere. And as was said of Shakespeare's little candle, so will shine a good deed in a naughty world. So link up, log in, listen up. Yours in solidarity, Michael. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, what do you know? From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Seattle, Washington, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulane at the piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, Chip Brown, author of Afterwards, You're a Genius, and the What Do You Know Quiz. Support for What Do You Know comes from Public Radio International affiliate stations and the Public Radio International Program Fund. Support is also provided by Boca Burger, the meatless burger for people who love the taste of meat. Available in three varieties, Chef Max's favorite, vegan original, and a hint of fresh garlic at grocery and health food stores nationwide. Boca Burger, you won't believe it's meatless. What do you know support also comes from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Western civilization's most frequently asked questions are answered, along with pretty much all the stuff you missed in school at Britannica Online. With instant access to the 72,000 articles of the Encyclopedia Britannica, all at www.eb.com. So explore Britannica online. Now, the man who will not be silenced, except around the house, Michael Feldman. Just cleaning my reading glasses with the tail of my shirt. Oh, it's very elegant. Excuse me. <laughs> Put that back in there. It's handy, though, isn't it? It is handy. One so basically, I guess, if you're not hearing the show right now, you should check uh, notmuch.com on the web. Because <laughs> that's where it is. Okay. That'll get them. No way of getting that out, is there? I guess. No. Think about it. It's a conundrum, really. So, but if you're not listening, uh, tune in to the web. Um, <laughs> Anyway, looking at the news, the House managers are preparing the Senate for the appearance of Monica Lewinsky. Uh, they're taking up the carpets and putting down tarps. <laughs> so it's been like bad lawyers on parade. You know, this whole thing is like bad lawyers on parade. You know, those who can litigate do and those who can't run for Congress, apparently. It's, <laughs> every failed law practice in America produces a congressman. And if you're, uh, if you're even thinking of doing an impeachment presentation, uh, don't lead with Jim Sensenbrenner. You know, I mean, he's not, uh, he didn't stir the crowd. I know they got off on the wrong foot uh, right off the bat. He's from Wisconsin, as you know, Jim Sensenbrenner. The rich guy who won the lottery, you remember him? Uh, and actually, Sensenbrenner last had a, a, a case in 1975 as a lawyer. I don't know if you know that, but uh, he bungled a divorce case so badly the couple stayed married. It really wasn't... <laughs> Awful outcome, the worst possible outcome. <laughs> at, at what should have been the height of his argument, I heard, uh, time for Teletubby, bye-bye, you know. <laughs> but I was switching channels a lot. That might have been PBS. I'm not saying it was cliche-laden, his speech, or anything like that, but if we do have a cancer in the body politic, let's not send in a lawyer to excise it. You know, I mean, that's really nothing. Afterwards, when it's bungled, then you send in the lawyer. And... Uh, Bob Barr at least kept a straight face during uh, his discussion. I'll say that for him, you know. Um, I'll tell you, if the guy's a chick magnet, he doesn't show it. <laughs> but there's someone for everyone is what that means. There's a he was flinted, as you know, earlier in the week or last week. Uh, it's a new verb now in the language, to be flinted. <laughs> and actually, adding Larry Flint to the system of checks and balances is... Uh, <laughs> Something the Founding Fathers, Jefferson aside, never envisioned, I don't think. <laughs> but really, you know, if anybody could make sex uninteresting, it was these guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, charts, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> Where are the polyurethane models they could have used? Or, 
the hand puppets, you know, or the banana and the con, anything, you know, because <laughs> after all, these are senators you're trying to impress here, and they've seen it all. I mean, for God's sakes, Ted Kennedy is among them. <laughs> this is where Sonny Bono is so badly missed, I think, in this presentation, you know. One chorus of I Got You, Babe, would have spoke volumes. <laughs> His show is actually so bad that the TV networks canceled it the second day. You know, they, didn't, they, you know, they went back to Jerry Springer, at least knows how to do something with these same subjects, you know. <laughs> Makes it interesting, you know. Uh, fortunately, public radio is here to fill the void, and uh, although filling the void with a void <laughs> is an odd bit of programming, so I would say avoid. <laughs> In other news, uh, the president has kept busy throughout all of this. In fact, uh, he is now the energizer president. Busy, busy, busy. I mean, he's really busy. Yeah. His approach is to uh, spend as little time thinking about the impeachment as he did committing the act. <laughs> uh, taking care of the business, the electorate sent him, uh, the electorate sent him uh, to Washington to do, of course, which is a, a payoff. Uh, Paula Jones, for example. The jury, the Paula Jones payment, by the way, the $850,000, half of that came from Hillary's blind trust. Did you read that? Uh -huh. Teach you to be careful about where you place your blind trust. I think. <laughs> and the other half came from his homeowner's insurance, which sent millions of Americans scuttling to their policies to <laughs> see just what was covered and what wasn't. That's and homeowner's insurance, really. I mean, a tree falls on my house, it's not covered, right? Because that's an act of God, and like Paula Jones isn't, you know? Well, in other news, and there is other news, uh, I know a lot of you are upset at having heard that Michael was retiring, but it's not me. <laughs> yep, I'm still here. It's some basketball player, apparently, is what I heard, so relax, I'm still here. Uh, Michael Jordan quit, of course, basketball to join the pro bowling tour. That's uh, <laughs> something he's always wanted to do, and he thought now was the time to do it. And well, thank God he didn't lose his desire to endorse products, that's all I can say. That was I, I just hope that he does, when he comes back this time, I hope it's not as a 49-year-old, you know, when he's, been, when he's lost two feet off his jump and he's ripping nets off hoops across the NBA. You know, that would be just the worst possible outcome. Uh, Mike Tyson, speaking of sports, Mike Tyson is back in the, the ring tonight, uh, weighing in at 223 pounds, uh, his heaviest weight ever. Apparently, he's been nibbling a lot of sparring partners. Mark McGuire's 70th home run ball sells for $3 million. What's the world coming to, really? That's uh, nearly four Paula Joneses. <laughs> now, I bet the guy who sold it feels like a jerk, though. He could have got, got all that signed cardinal paraphernalia instead, you know. And caps and paraphernalia caps and jackets, stuff like that. Uh, and in business, Lucent Technologies acquires Ascend Communications, despite the fact that it results in loose end technologies. And in pharmaceuticals, a drug company announces a uh, quick-acting Viagra nose spray, Venocchio. <laughs> That's all the news. That is it.
Thank you, thank you very much. Now I'll take off my reading glasses and resume my role as former radio host. They were put us back on. The President's State of the Union, I'm looking forward to it. I guess apparently he's writing it right now. A few jokes in there, but I mean, I should send him some of these, maybe he could work those in. <laughs> just to, you know, get rid of some of the ten. His State of the Unions have been memorable, not for anything he said, but for the context, you know? I mean, every year is something else that has gone terribly wrong right at the State of the Union. Like last year was, was Monica, it was a revelation last year. It was, remember the State of the Union address? Remember that one? <laughs> uh, then there was the one where uh, Newt, there was a land, Republican landslide, and then, and, then the, and then Newt was sitting behind him right after that, looking like the Cheshire, Cheshire cat. cat. Both, yeah, exactly like the Cheshire cat. And Bill is the hookah-smoking caterpillar, <laughs> who doesn't inhale, of course, we know that. And, there was that one. Then there was one where they split the screen with the OJ trial verdict. Remember, that was another State of the Union. He's had quite a string of them, really. He didn't know which one was accused and which one got off, you know. And, was... <laughs> and this year, of course, uh, State of the Union, a mess. That's uh, what's, what it's going to be. So um, probably still have some of those charts there from the House presentation behind the podium, which you might... If he reads the wrong speech this year, he's in trouble, basically, because who you knows? It'll be Bob Barr's speeches up there on the uh, teleprompter. So that's something to look forward to, and I hope you will. Uh, right now, uh, in other matters entirely, there's a new book that's out that's called Afterwards, You're a Genius. Uh, naturally, I was attracted to the title. Uh, it's by Chip Brown. It's a kind of a spiritual, uh, a seeking of a spiritual path, uh, which is always, I've never tried this, but, you know, I may do it at some point in my life, and uh, Chip Brown has done it already. And we have him on the line with us now from uh, New York City, uh, and uh, it's Faith, Medicine, and the Metaphysics of Healing is the subtitle of the book. Uh, Chip, are you there? Yeah, I can barely hear you, but... Okay. Uh, I, I guess I can, that's better. Open up your chakras, <laughs> and you can receive me in an entirely different way. How are you? Actually, I have a cold. You do? Is it's it sort of uh, ironic for someone who's written a book about healing. Is, it, is there no spiritual uh, cure for the common cold? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, it's the hell with spirituality. I'm trying yarrow tea or something <laughs> like uh, slippery bark elm. Yeah. Go for the heavy stuff. Yeah, the really, yeah. yeah. The, no, I don't know. Spirituality, no, there never, there probably never will be either. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you still on the spiritual path as a... As a <clears throat> no, I fell off. I think that's why I have the cold. Oh. <laughs> Did you start out to be, like, cynical about this whole idea of, of spirituality? Well, these different I was a journalist for, for many years, and I guess that's part of your, uh, your portfolio. Is, is, uh, you're supposed to be not cynical, but doubting. And... Uh, I don't know. It's sort of a. It's a, it's it's a. I began to sort of be unhappy about being such a doubter all the time. Uh huh. So you had doubts about being a doubter. <laughs> you should, yes, your doubts cannibalize themselves. Yeah, you should feel good about doubting. Well, uh, actually, I feel more positive about doubting now. But <laughs> now that you've gotten through it, and this all became about because you because you went to a. Uh, a I went to a healer in Los Angeles yeah. in 1993 on yeah. a complete whim. Yeah. I thought it was a complete whim, although afterwards you wonder, wow, what was I doing there and right. who Are was there arranging whims? it? Yeah. Because you have a you get to develop a sort of conspiratorially minded idea about little seemingly insignificant events. Mm. And this guy was just such a, it was such an amazing experience. It was, uh, well. To talk about it means it seems stupid when you try to talk about it, which is partially why it was so amazing. Was how do you even talk about this stuff? Well, go ahead. Seem stupid. What? Go ahead and seem stupid. That's okay. That's what the show is all about. Oh, be sounding stupid. Yeah, sounding stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I guess was I, it was just uh, you know you wonder where your 
where your body stops and starts sometimes, and uh, yeah. your 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 sphere of influence or or whatever it is that you that constitutes what you are, mm. apart from just a physical, almost mechanical uh, corpus. And uh, I I just felt this person's hands touching me when they were four feet away from my body and that's yeah. said, jesus that's just it was really quite uh you know it was quite amazing to have that happen i've had that but it was widescreen tv actually <laughs> <laughs> i know you can tell i'm a doubter but you know i did i had a a, a girlfriend one time really i did one time it, was, it doesn't seem possible who was into uh um, spirit guides and she said like, she had a spirit guide. She, oh, she had a spirit guide, and she she saw my spirit guide, and she was she, that's what she does for a living. She's did a, she give you a name or a description of it? No, I don't want I don't want you going off on another jaunt here. <laughs> Jeff, you've been you've been <laughs> well, through enough, man. No, I'm actually too sick to move at the moment. Oh, okay, all right, but uh, what happened to me? And I'm a total doubter, you know. So I'm the cynic, and she's that's why it kind of didn't work out because you know. Uh, but anyway, so but one this time of year actually in Wisconsin, we were stuck in a snowbank. We couldn't get out, and she said she would summon her spirit guides to push us out of the out of the snowbank. I said, "Well, go ahead. I'm not going to get out and dig us out myself, you know. So, uh, you know, that, right. that's fine with me." And uh, she she summoned them, and they pushed us out of the snowbank. I mean, we got out. We we just drove out of the snowbank. Wow! And, and I, that's the only experience I ever had that was a spiritual experience, but it was well, a good one for Wisconsin, you know. So you have to give her at least uh, some kind of props. Yeah, no, I give her credit for that. It was a good one. Do you, I mean, did you become aware of a spirit guide through all your... Well, I, I mean, I've, 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 had, uh, I've had, I've been told by people who are, who, who are apparently clairvoyant, if, and that in itself is complicated for some people, but yeah. that, yeah, there are these, there are these um, almost like mentors that are attached to you, uh, or at least follow you around and, and uh, keep you from... I wish they'd keep me from doing more... Uh, from doing fewer stupid things, but they are apparently supposed to give you guidance. And, uh, yeah, I had one. Uh, I start off my book with a visit to a clairvoyant healer who identified some guy who was allegedly 5,000-year-old and Chinese, and, and he, uh, only, he came into my hands when I played the piano or I, or I wrote, and I hadn't told her I, I was a writer or I guess only writers go to clairvoyance. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then I hadn't told her I had a piano, and I thought it was odd that she could even pick those two things up. Yeah. Now, these spirit guides, do they handle more than one client? I think they do. I think they, they actually, I actually know of, of, uh, of uh, there's one fellow who, uh, uh, some healers were embarrassed to find that they were, they had the same spirit guide. One uh. of them thought they were, like, poaching on the spirit guide of another, but uh, turns out he, I guess they were, they're like the original multitaskers or something. Okay. Or, or like agents or something. They like, hand, yeah, they exactly. Hand. Like agents. Yeah, but they don't take 10%. Or no, they? They, they, well, there's, there is some sort of tithe, I suppose, that you have to pay to them. I, I think it's, uh, it, it's in terms of, of ethical behavior or you feel obliged to, uh, to behave in a certain way based on an invisible uh, idea or an invisible person or whatever that conceit is. You, you, it starts to direct your behavior and then... Mm-hmm. So you walk around thinking maybe maybe it's the promptings of a conscience in, in another tradition. Yeah, can you be uh, American and spiritual at the same time? This is the most one of the most sp- fundamentalist, spiritually crazed countries in the world. Yeah, I, I mean, know, but this is this is <laughs> there. There's, Let me uh, rephrase my question. There's wonderful uh, religious traditions here. Yeah, some of them outlandish and deep seated, 
Uh, but there, this is this is this, this, this we're goofy for God. Goofy for God. I like that. <laughs> that. That could be a T-shirt or a bumper sticker. But I guess what I mean, you know, the American approach to thing is, I will take a spiritual class or something, or I'll go. You know, you mentioned yes, all these. Yeah, it's, it's very, uh, it's very know-howy and uh, technique-oriented. Yeah. And I can improve myself, and and to that degree, it seems suspect to me. To, mm. You know, it's almost like a, it's like learning how to use Windows 98 or something. Yeah, which I'm <laughs> trouble with myself. But I mean, anything that goes on at the Radisson, you know, you think, well, I'm going That's to Radisson. <laughs> That's right. Well, you're the, the, most of those spirit. If you're happening at the Radisson, you're just handicapping yourself. But yeah. uh, in, in a way that if you, if you can achieve a spiritual state at the Radisson, yeah. it's really probably pretty authentic when yeah. given the, the given the limitations of the material to begin with. Yeah. Well, if you're up in a room achieving it, that'd be a little different, I think. But if you're <laughs> like at a symposium, uh, you, now you you've met some like the leading practitioners around the country now. Of, yes, of they, these are hands-on healers and. Yeah. And they are—they're very—they—they uh, they will treat physical e- disease, but but they don't distinguish between the mental, the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical. It's all part of a, uh, a huge continuum to, the, to them, and, and things that register in the body are also registering at these other levels of life, and and they think that you can sort of go upstream in a sense and treat the problem higher up, uh, and and it will be uh, it will be very effective. Yeah, who are some of the like? Who are some of the outstanding? What, what well, names? Um, there's a there's a woman who runs the large the, the largest healing school in the country. Her name is Barbara Brennan, right? And okay. uh, she's her healing school is based in uh, on Long Island, and she has about six to seven hundred students in her school at any one time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been going now for for uh, since 1983. Uh, and then uh, on the west coast, there's a woman named Rosalind Briere who. Uh, Rosalind Briere, who has uh, a more loosely uh, affiliated, sort of loosely organized um, operation, mm-hmm. and uh, she teaches uh, all over the country and all over the world. Um, there are also there's a number of other people that some of them have studied with those two women, uh, and those two women come out of a uh, uh, they had teachers before before this became uh, as, as popular it is. I mean, a lot of these people's books are on the bestseller list. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they have attracted. They started to attract in the last ten years enormous followings. And did you f- you fell into it yourself? I know. With, with I, don't, I don't mean. Do I s- fell into it? No, no, no. I said you you kind of fell into. It. I, I mean, you approach it skeptically as as a journalist, let's say, or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I yes, uh, I, yes. But when you when you approach this stuff, uh, you you have to start a, you start approaching everything skeptically, including your mm-hmm. including your the, the whole psychological foundation of your identity and and of your society and and. Uh, all of those uh, th- those assumptions that we take for granted suddenly start to fall out from under you, and you realize uh, you realize things that Blake said and 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 the great mystics have said about uh, about the possibilities of of the world as it appears not being the world as it really is. Yeah, but this 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 thing about listening to the liver, for example, listening to the liver. Yeah, <laughs> or hearing the pancreas. Uh, <laughs> what's your question about that? Yeah, what the heck is that there? I mean, you know, I mean, you, you, um, there was some point there where there was a moment in the book where you were in the in this uh, deal there where people were actually listening to the the organs of the body. Yeah, uh, listening, uh, sensing is probably sensing. a better description of them. I mean, I I try to divide myself into um, two parts: mm-hmm. a, a monk who would be more driven toward faith, and a clown who would sit, want to sit there and make jokes about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, clowns are much more entertaining than monks. But I was sort of having a long conversation 
between these two voices uh, about, well, can you, what can you tell about the liver or the heart or the bones uh, just from your hands? And people who are exquisitely uh, sensitive to the, the sort of the energy signatures of various parts of the body are, ha- have a great gift in a way. I mean, they are like uh, a great violinist or a great pianist in that they, they can discriminate among... They can discriminate among these sorts of, uh, I guess you want to call them vibrations or uh, parts of the body, but those, the parts of the body to them have very distinct uh, signatures. Mm-hmm. And, so, and someone who's versed in this can actually go in and, let's say, operate or rearrange organs or rewire, uh, you speak of this one instance where actually someone is rewired inside their body with... with yeah, they do. I mean, there's a lot of fraud associated with yeah. that, particularly... Uh, uh, I, I, particularly with some of the famous examples of what they call psychic surgery, which are, are from the Philippines, they would use, uh, they would pull out, pur- purport to pull out organ parts, you right. know, and, and people would assay the parts later, and they turn out to be chicken livers. Chicken livers, yeah. And the which blood would chopped, be yeah. uh, sucrose in food coloring, or gl- uh, glycine in food coloring, and and those, uh, the, that was a, some a kind of a. A, a sort of theater for for the gullible, I suppose, mm-hmm. and and what I was uh, looking into might be theater for the gullible also, but I don't think it was since it, it involved a lot fewer uh, props like that and mm-hmm. and uh, sort of theatrical stunts, and and it had more to do with what can you sense with your hand. I mean, the hand is an is is a remarkably sensitive and discriminating instrument, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's when you start to train it and you start to train your mind to work in a non-analytical way, uh, a non-rational, which is not to say an irrational way, it, there's, it's, it's, uh, it's remarkable the sorts of experiences that you can have. Whether those are any truer than your cynical experiences, or, or what, I don't know, but uh, they're just a different class of experiences. Mm-hmm. But in, in your, if you can share this, I don't know, what, in your uh, estimate, what was the highest moment that you had or the most? The highest moment that I had? Profound moment, let's say. Well, I mean, I I suppose uh, you mean in terms of like <laughs> like a like uh, that, that like shook an ecstatic you. experience or an out of body experience. Well, the one that shook you most to your foundations. Well, uh, you know, there's that old saying: the first cut is the deepest. Yeah. Uh, I think the very first time I went to that healer in L.A. and thought, my God, some of the stuff that people have talked about for thousands of years about about consciousness outside of the of the body, or or at least divorced from the body, or uh, some of this seems to have some, it might be true, that really shook me. And in a weird way, the more you know about this, it's like all things, the more, the more familiar you get with something, the less miraculous it, it becomes, until things that were extraordinary at the start are, are ordinary at the end. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I have this sort of freshman's gaga eye toward the first experiences, and then, uh, and then it's really doing the work of trying to understand them, see the tradition that they're in, integrating them, and maybe uh, sort of looking at them with a sort of, oh, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I'm making any sense. This yarrow tea is really Yeah, the yarrow tea is pretty good. I think you're having, you're, <laughs> you're having another uh, uh, I'm having an out-of-body experience because <laughs> of this phone. Did, uh, did you have an out-of-body experience? I mean, is that well, what I, you're Well, I've about? had senses of what they call expanded states mm-hmm. of uh, where you where you you feel like your your mind uh, is, is encompasses i mean these are these things have been written about um in the in the 
in the uh, Sanskrit verses about uh, the heart chakra, for instance, that there's an in this tiniest tiny sp- space, there's this, this enormous uh, experience of of the kind of the unity and the the volume of the universe. It's, and it's paradoxical because in, in in this tininess, there's this great vast uh, sense. And when you have that, when you have when you're walking along or when you're lying on a table. And you suddenly feel as if your mind is a great dome that encompasses uh, Wisconsin or goes from the East Coast to the West Coast. And, and you feel like you're, or, or, or the Earth is a, is a small marble in the palm of your hand. Mm. Uh, and you really have a feeling of that it's as vivid as if you were sitting in a car in a snowbank. It's hard to argue with it. And it's, uh, it's, no. and it's not based on drugs at that point. I mean, no. this, is not, this is not drugs. It might as well this be. It's not really <laughs> a hallucination. It's a... Uh, it may be a neuron firing in the brain in a, in a new way, yeah. but it's, 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 it's real in the sense w- that anything is. Right. No, I agree with that. That's what radio does for me, actually. Is it the ra- yeah, the radio enlarges your imagination. That. Yeah, it simulates that response without drugs. Yeah, uh, well, that's... That, yeah, the, well, Sinclair Lewis wrote a lot about this stuff, and he called it he, a lot about clairvoyance, I think in the 20s, although it might have been earlier, and he called it mental radio. So. Yeah. The prevailing technology of the time often shapes the metaphors with which people describe uh, things that are fundamentally beyond descriptions for them. Yeah. So why haven't you stayed with it? Why, 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 why have you fallen off the path? Oh, you know, I'm, I, it's a good question. I'm, I've, I, you know, it's a really good question. I, I, I have, well, I don't know. You're on a train for four years, and then the train stops, and you get off, and you have to do, get on, you have to find a new, t- I don't know. I, I'm going to, I could, I feel like I, I did feel, sort of, I do feel like I, I was a sail. I, I, here's another metaphor. Yeah. Uh, I, and I was just sort of cut off the mass that I was on. Now I'm just blowing around. I don't know what to do with myself. So oh, I got sick. You felt your lash to the mast? Of the I was. Uh, uh, there's nothing. I, the, writing a book is, is for me was tremendously anxiety-inducing. Uh, I I uh, ground the points off my bicuspids, and, uh, <laughs> and I woke, would wake up every night at four o'clock and think, "Oh, I have to finish this because it's." So you, it did feel interminable. You need another book, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I mean, if you did a book on hate groups, would you end up? Being a neo-Nazi, I mean, you know. No, well, you know, I, mean, you get uh, you know, I had a chance to write books about other subjects, and there's very few subjects that get more interesting the more you know about them. And this is the case with, uh, with the sort of the respiritualization of medicine, or, and with the whole metaphysical questions that surround healing and and uh, identity that are at the heart of of all these spiritual movements that are sort of rising all over the United States yeah. now. Uh, whereas hate groups get less interesting the more you know about them. I think that's in true. My, in my sense, yeah. I've had a little bit of experience with with writing about that sort of uh, subject, and it just it gets depressing and demoralizing. Yeah. Maybe, are you afraid maybe that you could end up like Timothy Leary or, you know? Like Timothy Leary? Yeah, you know, he used to be uh, a Harvard no. professor, and then he, you know, started experimenting with... Uh, you mean uh, full of evangelical passion about the about the wisdom of this? Well, I mean, you'd have to leave your life behind, basically. I mean, you couldn't really be writing for the New Yorker with, with that, you know, I mean, they have that attitude there, you know. The, well, the, you know... And, and, and um, still be on the Enlightenment uh, path, could you? That's sort of true. <laughs> you have to leave uh, certain certain forms and assumptions behind, but... Uh, like you're living. I mean, I mean, that's the part that would frighten me, is that, all right, this is great, but now how do I make a living doing it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's 
that's the constant state of anxiety. That's why I'm up at 4 a.m., I guess. <laughs> I'm I up, too. You should call me. I really am. I have a lot of anxiety. And tell people about the, the title here, Afterwards, You're a Genius. Explain that for me. Um, the ti- I, I, I didn't know what the title meant, really, until I saw that photograph that um, my sister-in-law found. Uh, and there's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, two, it's two pieces of a jigsaw. Since this is radio, I probably have to describe it. It's two yeah. jigsaw puzzles. It's, an ar- it's a man holding a jigsaw puzzle piece that's the size of a hand. And then it's a man holding a, a matching jigsaw, si- uh, jigsaw puzzle piece that's the size of half his body. And because of the trick of perspective, they seem to go together. And I think that if you can get those two jigsaw puzzle pieces together, and those seem to me to be icons of the mind and the body, then you really will be a genius. But you're, you, the point is you spend your whole life trying to, to, to put the mind in the body and the body into the mind and, mm-hmm. and call them one thing. And that's essentially trying to undo... 300 years of, of Western history, which has treated them as separate. Yeah, so we're, we're plugging the wrong things into the body? We're... Plugging the right things into the wrong body? We're pl- uh, yeah. Well, it gets very confusing because uh, you don't know uh, who's plugging what into what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's not talk about impeachment it's for like a moment. It's like setting up a VCR. <laughs> right. And... and um, and in the book, there's a guy who's trying to also in, invent a switch that will work through mental... Yeah, that's a, he's actually quite a well-known researcher who actually worked... I, 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 you know, that may be one of his more wild ideas, and yeah. it, it served as kind of as... I probably took the most outlandish example, and, mm. and uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Although he does now work... That's Dean Radin, and he now works for... Um, who's the guy that owns the Oregon Trailblazer? Paul Allen. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you got Bill Gates' partner set up a company that does a lot of very forward and strange research and you know this guy is a very uh, well-known and well-respected researcher and uh, he has a he has a better job than I do yeah and basically he was trying to make a switch that worked through mental telepathy basically yeah, you can turn on with your mind turn it on with your mind so you could turn on you know use for any device sort of, as somebody wants to describe it it would be sort of like uh, the clapper you know that thing you <laughs> hit your hands and without the, the clapping what? The one-hand clapper. Yeah, right. <laughs> the clapper for one hand. Uh, maybe I can get that into the paper. Yeah, use that some other time. But um, he said, well, people, afterward, if you do it, afterwards, you're a genius. Yeah, right? beforehand, you're yeah. wacky. Beforehand, was, you're wacky. He was upset that people, cynics uh, such as yourself, would describe him as wacky. Yeah. A British journalist had described him had the idea as wacky, and he says, you're wacky before you succeed, and then afterwards, you're a genius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Chip, uh, it's a very interesting book. I hope you get better, by the way. Oh uh, well, uh, I feel better already. I can't help thinking that there's a leakage in your in your uh, yeah, aura. Yeah, well, my crown chakra is hemorrhaging. Your crown chakra is hemorrhaging, and I, I think uh, we could work on that. We don't have time right now, but the book is called Afterwards. You're a genius. It's on uh, what is that press called? I can't read it without my glasses. There, Riverhead. Riverhead, yeah. Riverhead Press. Riverhead is uh, no, it's an imprint of Penguin Putnam. A Penguin Putnam. Thanks, Chip. Thank you very much. Get well. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Bye bye. Have I got mail? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, good. This is working, this uh, email thing now, because, you know, in a lot of places right now around the country, uh, due to the impalement hearings, we're on, uh, we're not on. We're not on. But we are on the net. But how do you know that? So, you know, why am I even bothering to mention this again? But there is a, if you are on the net now and listening to this, over at notmuch.com, the web's website there. Jim, they can actually email us. They can the show, email they? you um, at www.notmuch.com or they can, what do you know at vilas, V-I-L-A-S dot U-W-E-X dot E-D-U. 
That way that will come right to you. That was kind of fast, though, Jim. I think I should slow that down? Yeah. At uh, what do you know, and no apostrophe in that, what do you know at Vilas, V-I-L-A-S dot U-W-E-X dot E-D-U. Can you slow it down even further, Jim? Sure, sure. No, that's all right, Jim. I could. Hey, John. How you doing? Your mic is off. My mic we don't is need off. a mic because we are on the My spiritual realm now, and we're not on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad because uh, you, yeah. you were really funny. Your opening thing was. Oh, I you like that? Yeah, yeah. So, well, we're going to pass those out. Please. Too bad nobody heard it. Yeah, too bad nobody heard it. <laughs> That's like those fun drive shows when you guys play so much. Yeah, music we play and great and like. You know, your best in the stuff room. is never mm -hmm. on the air. Yeah. So I, well, that's good that way because it enters the chakra right. at the uh, hormonal level of yeah. the uh, presidential <laughs> level. And then um, coming up, I know there's some things you want to forward promote here because you're getting very promotional. I am. I no am. one's listening anyhow, so you might pr promote whatever oh, you Oh, yeah, want. no yeah. one is listening. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, it's Friday when we're up in Minneapolis. We're playing at the Dakota in oh. uh, St. Paul on Friday night. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's 9 o'clock. Who are you playing with? Uh, Kenny Horst, Kenny Horst, drummer, and, and Jeff, of course. Yeah, very well known. Yeah, and of course Jeff, of course, of course Jeff. Jeff. I assume Jeff. Yeah. Okay, and uh, what are you gonna play right now? Uh, this is called. Oh, this is kind of actually appropriate. It's called "What Am I Here For." <laughs> <laughs>
Network.com. You're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know on PRI, Public Radio International. I'm looking here for see if anyone's actually listening on the internet, and I got. Uh, so far, all I got are the anagrams for Lynn James Packard. Really? Yeah. Which I actually did yesterday and finally came through. <laughs> this is a service you can get anagrams of your name. There's anagram genius. It's oh, called. Seen yeah. It. Let's see, Lynn. Anagram genius. Yeah, Lynn James Packard gives you jerk and manly caps, <laughs> jerk manly span cad, scam and jerky plan. Jerky and com span, jerky and pan coms, jerk manly caps send. Can pads manly jerk, jerk a lot of jerks in that. I don't see if there's any besides jerks here. Jerks play damn can. Manly cans jerk pad, jerky mad can plans. My jerk pan scandal. Jerk manly and sad cap, lamp and jerky scan, jerky com and snap, jerks clamp and wait, any. Wait, wait. Crap, send lanky jam. Boy, Fascinating stuff. Yeah, it really is really good stuff. But it's the only mail we've had. Too bad so. this isn't on the air. Jerks, jerks, really. <laughs> what was that? Anagram dot what? Uh, jerk and common pays. Uh, my jerk plan sad can. Anagram dot what? Jerk candy man's pal. It's all jerks. Yeah, all Jim. jerks. Can't, must be something besides jerks. It's all jerks. Did like you use pain. the right spelling? I think so. Yeah. Or was it anagram dot what? I'll give it to you later, Jim. I just. I know we're not on the air or anything, but let's not get totally loose here. Okay. <laughs> jerk, 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 jerk. Too many jerks. That's it, yeah. No. Okay, so that's it. But they can email during the, uh, the webcast today. What is that again, Jim? That is www.notmuch.com. Yeah. And uh, I'll read the rest of this. If no one actually emails us. We'll just go back to, we'll the, go back to the, jerk, the jerk list or something. I don't understand why it would just be jerk. James Packard. Anagram. I did mine, too, but it's too embarrassing. Oh, come on. Anagram. Oh, what? all right. <laughs> You know, you think, I've got mine in here. Oh, you've got it? Good. I do have it, but I don't. Oh, yeah, here it is. Well, they're actually all taking a fair share of abuse. Some actual words on it? You think you got abused? Listen to this. Mine comes out. Michael Elliott Feldman, if you must know. (laughs) Elliott. The demonical male Phil. (laughs) (laughs) In lethal melodic flame is kind of nice. I like that one. (laughs) All-time female on child. (laughs) Hell, a melodic filament. Half Eden Melodic Mill. <laughs> Manifold All Time Leech. <laughs> Manifold All Time Leech. Fill a demonical meal. I got a lot of demons in mine. You got jerks in yours. <laughs> Hello, medical filament. Oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> Hell, an ill fated commie. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Uh, I'm the follicle and male. I'm fine, lethal cold male. Film Lethal Coal Mine, Hell All Tone Deaf Mimic. I'm the Idle Flame on Call. I sort of like that. Uh, hell, I'm Mean If Collated. Fondo, I am All Time Lech. <laughs> lech Leech. <laughs> no, that's not Lech there. Um, the Fell Melodic Animal, Deflate Manic Molehill. That's good. Uh, hell, Mad Fallation Mice. There's a sentence you wouldn't use often. Uh, I'm decent male Phil Halo, fondle all time, I'm a lech. Chill with metal lemonade, I'm the mean follicle lad. 
half all time lice demon and lech mind lame fellatio. There you go. <laughs> Other ways of saying Michael Elliott. Oh, yeah, and I predict the highlight of today's show. Now, where did I put the cards? I just picked out all these great cards. Now, see, you got me all screwed up here, Jim. I wasn't going to do that. Sorry, no questions. No, we can't do that. I'm going to put them somewhere. Oh, yes, okay. Let's go in the audience right now. To the people who are wondering why they're at a radio show when there is no radio. So try and get a show we've got here. What, are you reading during the show? That's very uh, nice of you to print. Something to do? Uh, no, uh, before the show. We got here very early so we could sit right here. Right in the front center. This is, this is the heckling position. We had a guy who heckled me really badly last week. I promised not to I mean, do He was no good at it. Oh, I'm not either. No. Well, can I just see what book you're reading here? Tie Horse, author of Chameleon and Hooligans. I didn't read any of these so far. This is, this is a pretty good novel or... Not bad. I'm retired, so I can read all I want to, good and bad. Yeah. What's the gist of, what's the plot, basically? I guess I that far yet? No, no, I didn't read very carefully. You're, you're two-thirds, look, you're almost through with the book. <laughs> Shouldn't you know what the plot is? I mean... I, I, I always have to ask my wife. She tells me those things. So you read the book and she tells you the plot. Right. Psychic connection, is that true? Yes, we're very psycho. You're very psycho? Yes, very psycho. Uh, and so what, what is the plot of his book he's reading? It's about a horse. <laughs> Fascinating. A horse in Thailand. I've... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, you have to beat that horse with a Thai stick. We know that much. <laughs> drug joke from many years ago. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. And you are? Dave Parker. Dave Parker and? Uh, Joyce Parker. Joyce Parker. Where are the Parkers from? Wanakee, Wisconsin. Wanakee. The only Wanakee in the world. <laughs> That's what it says on the sign in Wanakee. I'm sorry? That says the only Wanakee in the world. And yes, it does. And still true? And we've lived there such a long time, about nine months. <laughs> Is there anybody else who knows another Wanakee somewhere in the world? Anyone who lives in Wanakee in, the, in the Ukraine? His voice sounds like Daniel Shore. Yeah. Yes, like Daniel Shore, very much. What Thank you. you. What have you retired from? Um, I'm a former teacher. Former teacher, so you're glad to be out of that, I bet you. Thank God. <laughs> What was your former subject? My former subject was the one you were uh, designating as, in a negative way earlier. Social study. <laughs> yes. So what'd you coach? <laughs> <laughs> Debate. I'm sorry? Debate. Debate. So you can't play anything. I mean, I <laughs> That's right. What do they do with a social studies teacher who actually cannot play any sport or know anything about a sport? They give them the debate team. Right. right. So that's pretty good. Uh, you can't do wrestling or anything? Or did you try wrestling for a while? Wrestling coaching? That's not bad. No. I like your one-word answers. They're very good. Let me hear you say, turn to chapter four. Turn to chapter four. <laughs> very good. And uh, what are you doing these days? I'm retired also from the telephone company. Don't tell me what uh, role did you uh, have with them? I was a directory assistance operator. You called in from my information for a number, and I gave it to you. Yeah, but you have to do it, like, in what, within three seconds? It got very, very low, 19-point-something seconds. So they gave us a little bit of time. Because I always felt that. You know, years ago, you called them, and you could chat with them a little bit. You know, I say, you know, I need a number, but how are you? And, you know, <laughs> well, no. No, not anymore. Because I felt the, under some pressure to get the name out, get the street out, and not to ask more than one question. And, yes, the correct spelling, you had to have that. They're not going to look it up for you or offer you variant spellings or anagrams of the name that you're... 
That's correct. Very nice to have you here, and you know, since you're sitting in this position here, we have a little something for you, don't we, Tim? We have a deluxe package of heartwarming cheer in the form of some delicious wines from the Wollersheim Winery. Can we Part have them now? Let's, can they drink, actually, in this position? I don't think that they can arrive here. Nice, that nice to meet you both. Thanks for being here. Pleasure. How are you doing? How are you? Okay. Where are you from? We're from Clinton, Missouri. Clinton, Missouri. Nice to have you here, all the way from Clinton. How is the, uh, what's your name? Pardon me? What's your name? Uh, my name's John Hunter, and this John. is Katie McMean. Hi. Hi. And how's the winter been so far in Clinton? It's, uh, we had some ice earlier, but it's been pretty warm lately. So. Now, in Clinton, what is the feeling about Clinton? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's becoming, well, a, kind of a pain in the you know, rear. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, every time you tell somebody where you're from, they're like, Clinton, like the president. Yeah, yeah, great. And all the news anchors and the news teams come there and interview people in Clinton about Clinton, right? No, actually. It's, no. it's, <laughs> it's a long ways from anything, so... Okay. It's about uh, an hour south of Kansas City. Have you so. been watching the impeachment uh, with rapt attention? No, I'm, a, I'm also a teacher and don't have time to watch TV. Oh, you don't? No. You don't stay home and watch TV instead of teaching? No. <laughs> so-called uh, sick days? No, I don't take very many sick days. So. What, what uh, do you teach? Uh, I teach computer uh, networking, and I'm also the computer co coordinator at the school. So around a new job. What do you coach? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, the computer guys see they don't even make do anything else. Don't you have it? What is your after-school responsibility? I make sure everybody has their email working properly. <laughs> after school? After school. Till make you have a club or something? Don't you run computer club or? or no, nothing like that. Nerd uh, club or? That's just during school hours. So. Okay. Very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Nice to meet you too. Nice to have you here. Do you want to say hello? Are you shy? You too shy? Are you too shy to say hello? You want to say hello? Hello. Okay. And tell everyone who you are. Alyssa Tolman. From? Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. And what was the best thing you liked? That's line and Kugel's country, right? Mm-hmm. Beer plant. And so all the kids, and like when I grew up in Milwaukee, same thing. We had to go to the Miller Brewing Company on the tours. They send kids to get them indoctrinated in beer <laughs> at an early age. And line and Kugel's, what's the coolest thing about the line and Kugel's plant? It's neat how you get to see how they make the beer. Yes. Right. And usually they give you a little dram afterwards, but no. No, they don't. No, of course not, because they don't really want kids to know how good beer really is. <laughs> and good for you, too. Nice to meet you, dear. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. What time we got there, Jim? 10.51. What? 10.51. 10 what? 10.51. Oh, it's getting late, Jim. We got to launch into the uh, What Do You Know a quiz uh, before too much longer. Uh, as you know, the what, what Do You Know quiz is a general knowledge quiz. It's uh, not trivia. Because this is my career, the gentleman has the four disclaimers. So this is his cue to move down the aisle here. And uh, trip him if you will, sir. Just leave that foot right there. That's, that's perfectly good. You're wearing, you're wearing rubbers. I haven't even seen rubbers in years. They're good. <laughs> on, the, on the feet. On the feet. Yeah, I, yeah. Know, I meant it, yes. <laughs> you never know nowadays, do you? And you are? Thomas Bolton. Thomas Harriet. Very good. Where are you from, Thomas? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My hometown. God love it. Thomas, do the honors, please, with the four disclaimer. All right. All questions used on what do you know have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. And uh, what the heck are those gold stripes on Reinquist's robe? Is he in a marching band or what? The way you made that your own line. Well, I wanted to make it worthwhile. Yes, 
persons employed by the International House of Radio or its member stations are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. All opinions expressed on what do you know are well-reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of the International House of Radio, its member stations or lackeys, and anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. And if no one's listening to this, they're itching for a fight too. Hey, ad-libbing. Nice job. Thank you very much. Let's see the hands of those of you on Try Them at the Quiz. Quiz contestants, here's your chance. Well, gosh, your hand was up first. There's no denying that. Yes, come on. Here's, let's see some enthusiasm. And you've got some enthusiasm. I'll say that for you. You are? Emily. Emily, where are you from? Chicago. From Chicago. Yeah, we like... What the heck? The Bears aren't any good anymore. We can like Chicago. Uh, Emily, uh, what do you do in life? I'm a research coordinator for an orthopedic surgeon. I have nothing funny to say about that. I must... Emily, give me one good reason why you should play the quiz. Um, because you can do an anagram with my name. <laughs> well, okay. That's a start. What do you think? It's not a good reason, perhaps, but it's a premise. Seat there if you would. Okay. Whoa. Bail? Got lots of mail here. I don't have time to read this stuff. I'm working. How are you? Emily? Good. No, Thank a, you. A research coordinator. Coordinator for an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, how does that work? I mean, what exactly was he researching? Uh, hip and knee replacements. I gather the data and. Shouldn't he know about them already, or why is he? <laughs> he checks to see if um, the prostheses are enduring and if there's any problems with them over long periods of time. The prostheses? Mm-hmm. And that's your job? Do you actually have to check these prostheses? Or no. <laughs> okay. I and deal more with the data. The data. Mm-hmm. And does he do the Organize data it. afterwards or before or during the operation? Afterwards. Okay. That's good. So this is more like feedback on right. what's... Oh, that's, that's mm-hmm. good. Is that something you've always wanted to do with your life? Or? No, I kind of fell into it. I was um, pre-med undergrad, uh-huh. but I decided not to go to med school. Why not? Um... Too much responsibility. <laughs> you mean removing the organs yourself? Uh, right. Let someone else do it and you can just do the research for them? Was it, I mean, w- did you have like, was there a turning point there? Was it your first cadaver? No, at- no, no, no. I never actually went to med school. Oh, you never did? No. In- I took all the science classes. Science class. So you like medicine mm-hmm. and, and you took in probably anatomy and all that stuff? Uh, mostly biology class. I never mm-hmm. took anatomy. Uh-huh. But the thought of actually being a doctor... Uh, yeah, it appealed yeah. to me. Yeah. I like the sciences. Yeah, but at some point you thought, no, are you thinking at all of going back and doing it? Or? No, actually I just sent out some applications for uh, biological anthropology. Biological anthropology. <laughs> okay, now that would be biological, would be, of course, the life sciences. Anthropology would be... Social uh, sciences. Social sciences, so it's... Uh, it's Combination of the two. Yeah, but what do you do for a living? For yeah, <laughs> in that field. Uh, that's exactly what my mom is asking me. <laughs> And what did you tell your mom? Um, I'll go to school for as long as I can. <laughs> well, you'll fit right in here. Maybe really. potentially teach. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Stay in school as long as you can. <laughs> Make a career out of that. Lots, lots of people have here. 
Yeah. Emily, are you single, married, or um, I have other? A, I'm dating somebody right now. You're dating now. right now? Mm -hmm. is it, is He's person, in the audience. The person there? Yeah. Looks very thrilled to be here. Oh. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? <laughs> nice to see you. This is the Christmas present. He is? Or him. No. Well, <laughs> the present that keeps on giving, I must say. That's what what, what's his name, if I might ask? Joe. Hi, Joe. Things going pretty well and from your end? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm very thrilled to be here. I can tell, I, you know, it's, this is a present for you. All right, Emily, someone out there plays along with you. And uh, uh, Jim, what is that number? That number is 1-800-942-5669. Uh-huh. Or? Wano or Wacknow. Uh-huh. Oh, if they want an email, what could they do? They could mail us at uh, www.notmuch.com or at uh, what do you know at vilas.uwex.edu. And if they didn't want to do a damn thing, Jim, what would they do? Sit on their hands. Here's a qualifying question. You know, give us a call here. At 1 800 WHAKM, W9425669, or email if you're not listening. Uh, the jacket that Eisenhower wore came to be known as the what jacket? That's the qualifying question, it's a tough one. Uh, give us a call here. The jacket that Eisenhower wore came to be known as the what jacket? You know, give us a call here for uh, this is kind of an odds and ends question, and wait for those phones to ring. Michael Feldman's new book, 1998, was a joke, is available at the website, notmuch.com, or call our hotline during the week at 1-800-942-5669 and leave your name and address. Michael Feldman's What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International. Michael Feldman, producer, International. We'll be back. This is PRI, Public Radio International. Tomorrow, partly sunny, highs in the upper 70s to lower 80s. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy in the north, with a chance of showers and thunderstorms, partly cloudy in the south. Lows from the upper 50s in northern areas to the upper 60s in the south. Friday, mostly cloudy in northern areas, showers and thunderstorms likely, a chance of them in the south. In Superior, 82 degrees, Eau Claire, 83 Wausau, Green Bay, both at 79. In Oshkosh, at 78. La Crosse, 83. In Madison, 80. Milwaukee, 74. Kenosha is at 75 degrees. Again tonight, maybe some evening showers or thunderstorms in northwestern and west-central Wisconsin. It's one minute past five. The news is ahead. From National Public Radio News in Washington, I'm Corey Flintoff. A federal judge in Washington has thrown out tax evasion charges against former Whitewater figure Webster Hubble. The judge agreed with defense lawyers who argued that the tax evasion case against Hubble was based on evidence Hubble himself had provided under a grant of limited immunity from prosecution. Hubble is a longtime friend of President Clinton and a former Justice Department official. Hubble served 19 months in prison for tax evasion connected with a scheme to defraud the Arkansas law firm Session. Majority Leader Trent Lott said critics who uh, led critics who said the measure has become a big government tax and spend bill that no longer serves its original purpose. Russian Foreign Minister Yevgeny Primakov is defending Moscow's mediation effort in the Kosovo crisis, saying the declaration signed was the best deal possible. NPR's Ann Gerrels reports from Moscow. Responding to widespread Western criticism that Yugoslav pledges fall substantially short of what the international community had demanded, Foreign Minister Primakov says the maximum that was possible was achieved at yesterday's meeting here in Moscow. 
Primakov says the important thing is that Milosevic pledged not to use force against civilians. However, Milosevic's denials that his forces had attacked civilians in the past raises concerns about future actions. And Milosevic only agreed to withdraw Serb forces from Kosovo as what he calls terrorist activities stop. Primakov defends this, and it is on this issue that Russia and the West differ. Moscow believes Milosevic has the right to use whatever force is necessary to put down Albanians seeking independence, while the West calls Milosevic's tactics excessive. I'm Ann Garrels, NPR News, Moscow. General Motors says it's suspending production of two more assembly plants because of strikes at two parts plants in Michigan. The strikes have now idled more than 80,000 workers at more than at more than 100 GM facilities across the nation, including 19 assembly plants. Scattered wildfires are continuing in Florida today, fueled by dry underbrush and 90-plus degree temperatures. I guess now I do. From Long Island, New York to Berkeley, California, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulin at the piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, the What Do You Know quizzes and a salute to Vetersburg, Indiana. Support for What Do You Know comes from Public Radio International affiliate stations and the Public Radio International Program Fund. Support also comes from Green Bay. We know how to play. Home to the Packers, but there's more to Titletown. Proud of the small town atmosphere and big time attractions too. Call the Green Bay Area Visitor and Convention Bureau at 1-888-2CGB for a free 1999 travel planner. Green Bay, we know how to play. Support is also provided by the Monona Terrace Community and Convention Center, a splendid public place with state-of-the-art meeting, convention, and dining facilities, and great views of Lake Monona. Information at 608-261-4000. Now, the man who thought he thaw a spring thaw, Michael Feldman. checking the email here so far let's see uh, Peg Gallo on the email she says will you continue to be steaming media oh streaming, streaming media. media yeah I got glasses are bad. yes you betcha as long as the career in radio is not working out we will stream our media. I don't know how long this will go on but it depends really on uh, when uh, this uh, how long the trial lasts the trial lasts yeah let's see what uh, your show on the internet great now I can waste time faster than ever Okay, that's good. Where is the delete? Okay, let's go to this one. Michael Rosenblum is emailing us. And uh, since our radio station, WWF, started broadcasting your show, it has been tuned in every Saturday morning. Thanks for your humor and wit. I would like to attend your show in Biloxi, but our supplement store is open on Saturdays. Mm. That's a reason. What sort of supplements do you think he's on there? I don't know. What? Yarrow root. Yeah, probably, yeah. Very big now. 
Greetings. We were looking, listening to you here at work on Saturday. Uh, I'll see you at the State Theater in Minneapolis. I have tickets. Glenn M. Okay. Very fascinating stuff on yeah. the email. And uh, let's go back to the show. Emily's right here now, and she's uh, uh, works for an orthopedic surgeon as a uh, researcher. And uh, the question is, um, kind of an odds question, odds and ends. The jacket that Eisenhower wore was known as the what jacket? Let's go to the phones. Are the phones ringing? Yes, we have the phones ringing. Insert sound effect here. Yes, there thank you very much. <laughs> Jay's on the line from uh, Matthews in North Carolina. Hi, Jay. Good morning. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Nice to have you on the line. Now, you, you're listening on the actual radio? No, we can't. Uh, the Senate hearing. Oh, you are. So you just as a you're, are you listening on the net then? Yes, we are. Oh, and you're calling. Isn't that wonderful? You can use the phone because you just got. You must have two uh, lines then, huh? Yes, we do. Isn't that amazing? You're a wonderful guy, Jay. <laughs> I'm very fond of you. All right, the jacket that Eisenhower wore was known as the what jacket? I thought it was simply called the Eisenhower jacket. That's right, the Eisenhower jacket. Okay, Jay, can't pull the wool over your eyes. It was bigger than Jackie's pillbox hat, too, for many right. years, the Eisenhower jacket. So that's very good. Jay, what do you do out there in North Carolina? I'm a private home inspector. A private home inspector? Correct. You buy a home, you want to make Does that mean you enter through the window? or well, I mean, <laughs> Pardon? So you enter through the door? Uh, correct. Okay. If you want to buy a home, you go and inspect it first? Correct. Oh, okay, good. Decent living? Yes. Uh-huh, okay. And, and uh, Jay, this is Emily here. Hi, Jay. Good morning, Emily. She's your partner. You know how this works, Jay? I sure do. The two of you work together and collaborate on this, and you have uh, various categories such as these. Current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science or odds and ends? That's my battery going, Jim. Oh, that's it's, the battery. No, it's to my heart. Oh, though. the pacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> the pacemaker. Okay, uh, Jay, let's pick the first category. What would you like? Current events. Current events. Here it is. All right, what was banned from National Security Headquarters? Made the news all over the country. An item that many people acquired over the Christmas holidays. What was banned from National Security Headquarters? This is kind of the, uh, like this, another like a CIA organization. Yes. That's a different uh, organization. Any ideas, Jay? Oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Banned from National Security Yes, made the news across the country. Need an answer. Something you might have seen over the Christmas period and... Uh, how about a Furby? How about a Furby? <laughs> where, did that, where did that come from, Emily? One minute you didn't know it, and next minute it's how I about... I have a friend in the front row. How about a Furby? A psychic. You have a friend in the front row? Does Joe know about it? Hey, Joe. Got a friend in the front row. That's right. Uh, it's a, you, you agree with that, Jay? I do. Yes, it's a Furby. <laughs> Because they thought they'd talk, apparently, when they got right. home. Right, uh, big secrets home. Yeah. That's right. one right, no wrong. Okay, one right, no wrong. On the road to success here. Emily, uh, what do you have? People, places, school, science, odds and ends. Let's do people and places. Okay. All right, what percentage of Americans do not want to see a woman's face on paper currency? Do not want to see a woman's face. And don't be offended. It's just the way the question is phrased. Is it 38%, 26%, or 52%? Americans would say they don't want to see a woman's face on paper currency. Emily, I would think that would be a low percentage. Let's go with the low one. 26? 26 percent? 26. Okay. No, I'm sorry. According to this, it's 52 percent. No. The American public says... <laughs> this is like impeachment here, but... Uh, 
It means that some women are, are swing voters, you know, because <laughs> women are like 51% or something, aren't they? Men are only like 49% of the country, so it means that 3% of you don't want to see your own picture on the currency. So don't blame me. Jim, that would be... One right and one wrong. Okay. I personally would love to see a woman's face. I'd, I'd like to see a woman earn it in our house. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other story. I said in our house. I know you're all out there working. I said in our house. Our house. Our house. Okay. Uh, all right. So you said there was one right, one, one wrong. Right, what, one. what remains then, Jim? Places, school, science, odds and ends. Okay. Jay, what, what do you have? School. School it is. All right. All right, there's a word that keeps coming up uh, in the recent uh, hearings. Use egregious in a sentence which indicates you know what it means. <laughs> Go ahead, you can work on this together. Egregious. Sense of, if sense of knows what it means, everybody should know what it means. Emily? <laughs> Quick, go grab the dictionary. <laughs> Without grabbing the dictionary, use egregious in a, in a sentence indicating you know what it means. Clinton is egregious. Nice try. That's a, that's, a, that's a blue book attempt if I ever heard one. <laughs> Jay, you're not looking in the dictionary, are you? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, good. So I need to make a try? That would be egregious. <laughs> yes. You need a better... Or give me a definition of the word if you want to do it that way. But use it in a sentence which indicates you um, know what it means. Egregious. I found that to be an egregious event. <laughs> that's the line in the dictionary. <laughs> it is not. I'm not looking at so one. So what, what kind of event would that be? Egregious. <laughs> is it unfortunate? Uh, not exactly. I'm afraid that neither of you know egregious. It's not pleasant. Yeah. The situation or the word? The word. Yeah. The meaning of the word. Yeah. And no, the I'm afraid I have to call time. It means flagrant. Yes. Flagrant, glaring, extraordinarily bad, such as the president's egregious conduct. I didn't say that. Someone did. Uh, One right and two wrong. Okay, don't oh, worry. Gee. Can't get any more wrong here, but uh, you can still get more right. And uh, Jim, what remains? Places, science, or odds and ends? All right. Let's go odds and ends. Odds and ends could be anything. So you and Joe, how long now? Almost a year. Almost a year. Getting kind of serious, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a lot in a small word. <clears throat> we'll leave it at that. I guess the eagle... The eagle with wings outspread on uh, the honorable discharge. Either of you have an honorable discharge uh, papers no. from the armed forces? The eagle with its wings outspread on the honorable discharge is uh, sometimes referred to as uh, the flattened pigeon, <laughs> the spread eagle swan, or the ruptured duck. Eagle with outstretched arms. Do you have a discharge paper, sir? Three. He has three fingers. We know that. What were the... What was the... Yes, the flattened pigeon, the spread eagle swan, or the ruptured duck. Any ideas, Jay? Oh, gosh, Emily. Um, I've not been in the service, so I... Um... Uh, my friends in the audience. <laughs> you have more friends in the audience than I do, I can say that. Yeah, Emily, what are you picking up? I think let's go with the ruptured duck. Okay. Ruptured duck is right. The ruptured... <laughs> I'm not proud of you people. You're lucky we're not on the air. I'd be really mad about some of this. <laughs> too right and too wrong. Okay. Too right and too wrong. This will decide it for you. Either way, uh, what remains there? Is this egregious yeah. cheating? Yes. This yeah, example is. of is. cheating is yeah, egregious. Yeah. Yeah. Good use. 
We have learned. That is a good thing. We have learned. Places or science? <laughs> Places or science? Jay, I guess it's your turn. Places. Places it is. And here's the question. All right. In the north of England, the folk dance of men who think they're in Robin Hood's merry band is called what dance? No, you're not going to get that. <laughs> is this multiple choice? No, here. Uh, what was the answer? Never mind. <laughs> the Argentine game of pato. Pato. Pato is a cross between what? Polo and basketball, polo and volleyball, or soccer and the tango? Pato. Argentine game. Very well. Any, any, play, any pato players here? Good. They can't help you. What were the Oscars again? Yeah, Argentine game of paddle. Cross between polo and basketball, polo and volleyball, or soccer and the tango. What do you think? Second one, volleyball? Or polo and basketball, or soccer and the tango. Emily, I polo and volleyball, but what are you, uh, are you getting any input there? Uh, <laughs> 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 Smart guy. You're wrong, sir. Put your fingers down. <laughs> I, I don't know. Read them basketball again. sounds Polo kind and basketball. of cute. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with that one. Polo okay. and volleyball, polo and soccer, and tango. And what do you say? The first one, basketball. Polo and basketball. Are you kidding? Crossing polo and basketball in Argentina. <laughs> volleyball. No, yes. I'm saying, are you serious about that? Let's do it. Let's do number one. That's right. Polo and basketball is the answer. Basketball on horseback, basically. <laughs> Strange idea, but it's true. Congratulations, you've won the quiz. Jim, what have they won? Jay, what could chase away the cold better than the thought of cooking out with the ever-popular Boca Burger Barbecue Bundle? Everything you'll need for the simmering, sultry good time, the red-hot grill, the batch of Boca Burgers, uh -huh. and a snug pair of cooking mitts. It's from Boca Burger, the meatless burger for people who like to feel sinful while keeping their vegan morals intact. Emily, while you're waiting on the internet, you can pass time with the Bill Gates 99 Paper Doll Book. It's by Chris Alpine with illustrations by Peter Jorgensen. No CD-ROM necessary from St. Martin's Griffin. And each of you can memorize the state capital of Minnesota and all of the other states in only 20 minutes with the book Yo Sacramento by Will Cleveland and Mark Alvarez, personally autographed by illustrator Tate Nation from Goodwood Press. And then kick back and laugh at all of the news that wasn't in 1998 was a joke by Michael Feldman from Not Much Books. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And Jay, uh, hang on just a second. Make sure you get all that stuff. Okay, thank you. Nice talking to you. Okay. What do you know is on the road to the State Theater in Minneapolis this coming Saturday, January 23rd. A few tickets remain on sale at 612-989-5151. We will also be in Bloxy, Mississippi on Saturday, February 13th at the Grand Theater at the Grand Casino. Tickets are available at 800-946-2946 or at area Ticketmaster locations. A good way to remember that is 1-800-WIN-A-WIN at the Grand Casino. You, you've been working overtime, Jim. Well, you know, each week at this time, we read actual memos sent in by actual listeners. That's right. It's time for thanks for the memos. And uh, here's one that came to us. It was forwarded to us, actually. And it um, came to an a, a organization that sends out things in the mail. And uh, they received this letter, To Whom It May Concern. Will someone please make a note of it that Mary A. passed away, passed away, passed away, passed away, passed away, passed away, died, 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 died. Deceased, 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 deceased on August 27th, 1998, so there'll be no need, no need, no need, no need, 
no need, no need, no need to send Mary A. any more mail. <laughs> Being she's dead, 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 and cannot, 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 cannot place an order with you, no matter how much postage you want to waste. Please remove, 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 remove her name from your mailing list or computer or both as she's dead and cannot respond. This will be the last, 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 last time you hear from me on this matter. Any other mail that comes to Mary A will just be thrown out and not even open or looked at. So save yourself postage. Thank you for your cooperation. If you do, you're the first one. <laughs> Let me just say I'm sorry, 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 sorry <laughs> to hear about Mary. And uh, Jim, where can they send these memos? Send all of those memos, too. Thanks for the memos. Michael Feldman, uh, 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. Uh, they could also uh, send them to you at the web at www.notmuch.com, uh, or they could fax them at 608-263-5635. So many options. So many, many options. options. There's a tremendous number of options. Once again, John Tooling and Jeff Eccles. <laughs>
at notmuch.com. You're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know on PRI, Public Radio International. And what a fine-looking group you are. Are you in that book now, sir, or not? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> you can read if you want. That's fine. You're doing fine. Uh, we got uh, Holly Giralte, is that right? From Pretty close, anyway, huh? From uh, Ortonville, Michigan. How are you? Very well. Fine. And Ortonville is where exactly? It's north of Detroit. Everything is north of Detroit, practically, isn't there? I mean, I mean Holland, South Holland is probably south of Detroit. but Well, that's a good thing. North of Detroit is a good thing. <laughs> Uh, what do you do there in uh, Ortonville? I'm a social worker. Okay, well, you should, you know, you're very sure about that, and you're proud about it, and it's a good thing to be. And uh, who do you do that for? You, yourself? or you? No, I work with group homes. Since I can't coach, I guess that's a good career move. <laughs> I bet you could coach if you wanted to. And, and um, Holly, you're, this is kind of a sad story, I guess. Yeah. Now, you should tell it. Uh. This was my Christmas present. Yeah. Yes. And I got my husband a watch. <laughs> Let's see the watch. Let me, let me just see the watch once. And a very nice watch it is. Very nice. Yeah. Actually expensive. It's like a Rolex on it. Mean, pretty... Yeah, it looks like that, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a knockoff, but it's still a very nice watch, and this is all you got. So you're, what is your point? <laughs> We're going to have a nice anniversary coming up, I think. <laughs> you want to explain your position on this gift exchange? I'd rather not. <laughs> It's almost like the O. Henry story where she cuts her hair to buy him the watch fob and he uh, sells his watch to uh, clothe another woman. Or so. I, forget how the, I forget how the story goes. Well, my apologies. Can we sweeten this pot for it all, Jim, uh, to bring it up to watch level? Uh, yes, we can. Yeah. Uh, we've got a literary masterpiece for the millennium. 1998 was a joke by Michael Feldman. Oh, yeah, that's... Four dollars right there. Um, okay. Not much uh, books. Oh, and also the video, A Calming of Death's Door. It's the official history of Door County's Washington Island Ferry. It's from HVS Productions. Well, that's about another, we're up to about an eight dollar value here. With the, All right. That watch is expensive watch. Jim. How about uh, 200 perplexing chess puzzles uh, compiled by Martin Grief uh, from we're Sterling somewhere? Publishing? Okay, let's stop there then. Just All right, happy that's with good. That. That's <laughs> Thanks for coming. Good luck to you both. Have a nice anniversary when it comes. Uh, where's Kelsey Brooks from Wapaka? Oh, hi, Kelsey. Did you actually write this question, Kelsey? Oh, you did? Okay. Is it, you know, it's, what, what grade are you in? Fourth. Fourth grade at what school? Um, Wapaka Learning Center. Wapaka Learning Center? Is that like a, a school, an advanced school? or? Um, no, it's just a regular school. Oh, so they call it a learning center, so you think you're not going to school, right? <laughs> I guess so. Does it feel better going to a learning center than going to a school? Um, or pretty much the same thing. The same thing. Yeah, it comes out the same. What do they call your teachers? They call them teachers or? Yeah. Learning assistants. Uh, teachers. Yeah. And your favorite subject in school right now is what? Um. Social studies. <laughs> <laughs> is this guy related to here? No. <laughs> He's just prompting. Okay, what is your question, Kelsey? Are all boys like Bill Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the sooner you know about it, the better. <laughs> Well, that's a tough question to answer. Yeah, but uh, I, you know, it's probably pretty much true. I, I'm afraid to say, but not all are, not all boys are president. That's the main difference. <laughs> okay. All right. So you don't like boys now, anyway, do you? No. <laughs> do you like hate them? Yeah. I mean, 
Do you really like loathe them, despise them? Mm, yeah. Can you, can you tell me why? I mean, what kicks in there? Because my, my daughter now, I mean, you're older than my daughter. How old are you? You're Ten. Ten years old. My daughter is seven, but she hates all boys everywhere, and she includes me. <laughs> is that how you feel? Um, no, I like my dad. He does lots of things with me. So you exclude your dad, at least, from the... Because from the, I said, you know, Ellie, what is it with you lately? Why are you mad at me all the time? She said, because you're a boy. <laughs> and I hate boys. But you have an exemption for your dad. Your dad is okay. Yeah. Okay. Ellie, if you're listening, I know you're not because you hate me, but... <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Kelsey. We're giving stuff away. Let's give something to Kelsey, too. We've got... Um the Adventures of Slumgullion, the Executive Pig from Zeno Press, children's books. No fat, no cholesterol, cool words, great pictures. Yeah, that's a pretty good book. You might like that. Okay. Nice talking to you. Uh, are you Ron? This is pretty good. I'll just let you read it because I think it's a pretty good thing to say. Are you the father of said child? You're the, one, you're the guy who's all right. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not like Bill Clinton. Uh, what do you think Bill Clinton wrote on the memo line of his check to Paula Jones? Pretty good. I like that. Okay. All right. And then there's... Uh, now, who wrote all these things here? Someone here is really thinking over time. Rebecca Hahn, is it? H Ham? Who's that? That's me. Oh, that's you. Okay. Child on your lap here. Who's on your lap? Colin. What is it? Colin. Colin. How are you? Are you comfortable there? It looks like you are. Okay. Have you been thinking about these things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. Are you the sort of person who's always thinking about these theoretical situations of, that are ethical dilemmas? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite one here? I'll let you, if you have uh, of these that you'd like um, to pose. It, sure, I'll read. Um, Which, whichever one you think is more uh, of a dilemma. Okay. Uh, if you were traveling with your father and your best friend through the desert, and a poisonous snake bit both your father and your be and your best friend, and you only had enough venom antidote to save just one, who would you give it to? And how would you answer that? <laughs> I'd give it to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for a minute there, I thought it was going to be the famous one. You're in a desert, and a, and a snake bites you, and, a, you know, <laughs> and you're dead. You know, it's, it's, I think it's the it's punchline. Cut right to the punchline. It's definite ethical dilemma. And you said, what, how did you answer? I said my dad. You give it to your dad. And what friend are you sacrificing? Is he here? <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's a difference. Her dad's here. Oh, your dad's here. In the, okay, so a snake bites you in the audience at the What Do You Know show. And your dad is here, so he gets the anti-venom. Yeah, of course I'm going to say my dad, yeah. Well, thanks for straightening that out for us. That's an ethical dilemma that sometimes occurs in our audience. We have various reptiles roaming right now. <laughs> Fortunately, the man who's wearing rubbers will not be affected by anything because they, they cannot uh, permeate the outer rubber layer of his, of his, of his shoes. And, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen, I've got to tell you, I know, I'm, I know I'm fixating on this, but I haven't seen rubbers in like 30 years. <laughs> Just great totes. Sure, yeah, sure. No. Do you have more than one pair, or do you have... <laughs> no, just one pair plus boots. Do you leave them on the entire winter? you leave your rubbers on the entire winter? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when you take your shoes off at night, are the rubbers still on them? <laughs> no, they're not. They're in the hall. They're in the hall. So right. you put them on first thing in the morning, take them off last thing at night? Absolutely. Yeah, excellent idea. And then do you just fold them and keep them in your pocket during, during the day, or...? <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have galoshes, too? Can I ask you that? I haven't seen a pair of galoshes in a long time. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't. Just the rubbers. What are galoshes? Galoshes are like uh, big rubbers. <laughs> rubbers that go up your leg. <laughs> Thank you again, Michael. 
All right, I'll leave now. What did you say your name was again? Ken Heinemann. Ken, nice to meet you. Ken, uh, see, stop by here and see. Well, they're nice shoes. They're kind of. Those are expensive. You mind if I just pull back your rubber for a minute here? And I, I just I want to see what kind of shoe you're protect, protecting. It. Wait, from well, me to you? No, I couldn't. These are much too big for me. I can't wear them. We are going to play another round of the of the what do you know quiz here because you know we got a little carried away the, the first and uh, you know time went flew by uh, when you're having a good time and so let's see the hands of those who didn't get a, a chance to try the first time and uh, probably won't this time but feel you deserve to be on the what do you know quiz uh, it's tough it's it's really so tough now he's waving his rubber isn't that nice <laughs> you should be in the impeachment proceedings I think. We need something a little more graphic, like that. It's a gentleman waving a... Uh, you think he'd be good? You think he would be? Okay, well, send him down here. Send him down here. How you doing, sir? You are? Don Meyer. Tall guys I always call sir. I don't know if you noticed that or the history of my... And uh, Don, what do you do in life? I'm a vending machine repairman. Vending machine repairman. What do you do? You just tip them until they start working again? Usually, or sometimes a little spiritual healing helps. <laughs> Don, give me one good reason why I should be on this quiz. I have a spiritual connection to deep pools of knowledge. <laughs> you enjoyed that interview, too, I can tell. Come on, Don, that's good enough for me. Up here if you would. A man with spiritual connectedness to vending machines. Jim Packer, hey, Don. Nice to see you. Don, that's fresh water. Jim uh, just uh, uh, spilled it all over his notes, but still is, is good. And um, so uh, you, you're like a spiritual vending machine repairman. Sometimes it helps. Yeah. Can you actually put hands on a vending machine and tell? I have done that. Yeah. I have done that. Yeah. You walk up to a machine and, and uh, to work on one in a bank of machines, mm -hmm. someone's trying to get it to accept a bill or to accept coin. It's mm -hmm. not going. I'll go up and touch the machine. <laughs> they will put the bill in and it will work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm not kidding. They put this. the bill in you, or they put the bill in no, the machine? No, in, in the machine, or, or a coin, yeah. and it will take it, because I think the machine is afraid of me. The machine knows, the machines probably talk about you. they, well, have they know that I can tear it apart. Exactly. <laughs> and they're smart machines now. They have sensors, they have oh, chips. Oh, yeah, most of them are They have your profile probably they on file. Microprocessors. And yeah. So they know Don, what's your last name? Meyer. Don, they know Don Meyer when they see one. You are the Don Meyer profile. Yes. Well, that's very interesting. Can you use this in other aspects of your life too? This machine healing that you that you do. Uh, it doesn't seem to work. It doesn't work else. on people. No. Oh no. No. You find that people still do not give change no matter what you do. <laughs> well, uh, so it depends on what you do. I mean, sometimes if a vending machine doesn't work, a swift kick low left usually helps. <laughs> and I I think that might work with people. Yeah. Do you work automatic tellers and all those kinds of things? No, 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 just strictly vending machines. The vending machines that take the dollars. How do those dollar things work in there? I mean, how does a machine know when you've got a like a real dollar? Uh, they have a number of different sensors. One of the primary ones is magnetic pickup. Magnetic pickup. <laughs> and what what exactly do they read? They read a. It certain reads a it reads a frequency. There's magnetic frequency. ink on the bills. And that, that frequency. Set up a certain frequency. Frequency is like. I'm not allowed to divulge. No, that. no, no, no. <laughs> How about after a couple of beers? Would you divulge, divulge it then? Oh, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Lineys? Whatever you want, really. I, we, got, you know, we got nothing as much to do. We're not on the radio anymore. We go right now, as a matter of fact. You know. 
All right, Don, it's great to have you here. Are you a family man or a happy guy? <laughs> I'm a family man. Family man? Is, is I'm here with my wife and uh, her sister and her husband. Right. This kind of little uh, uh, get-together for you? or Yeah, we came down to see the show. From? Uh, from Wausau. All the way from Wausau. Okay, nice to have you here. And uh, what do you do for a hobby, Don, when you're not working? How do you unwind? Um, hunting, fishing. Mm -hmm. In season, uh, out. Lying <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a pri ditch. Primarily in season. Primarily, and you, f you like uh, killing what sort of animals? Uh, Warm-blooded. Warm-blooded? <laughs> Bigger than four feet, smaller than four feet? Uh, White-tailed deer, I hunt. White-tailed deer, okay. And then you do the, uh, did you get any this year? Did you go out? No, I didn't. Did you go out? I did go out, yes. I and didn't you didn't get any? any. No. Did you leave the lodge at all? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys make that mistake. You know, I'm not getting any deer year after year. They don't leave the lodge. They don't no. realize the deer are not going to come to you. So that's good. And do you actually like deer meat? I mean, is that... Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. I like the sausage and, like, uh, and like the Slim Jim sticks. Why don't you hunt something you like a cow or something? Something that, <laughs> something that you would enjoy eating, you know, is what I'm thinking. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. Okay. All right. Think about that and think about that frequency. We have on the line with us, it's kind of special, usually, of course, we do a qualifying question, but we have a gentleman on the line who is a quiz fanatic from England who has played uh, in every major quiz show in England uh, and has run out of quiz shows to play in England. So we, I, I saw this uh, in, in the newspaper. I thought, why not invite uh, Lance uh, Hayward from England to play the What Do You Know Quiz? It's the one remaining uh, card in the deck that he has not played. And let's uh, see if we got uh, Lance on the line with us here. Lance, are you there? Michael, we had a communication problem here, and it's technological, not psychological. Unless your technicians can turn the volume up considerably, we're on the verge of a separation. Oh, yeah. Does he speak English? He's from New Jersey. I don't know why he's talking like that. It's, uh, can you hear us now, Lance? We are a bit better, but a bit more would help. A bit more. Can we boost it just a bit Boost more? away. Otherwise, we're on the verge of a separation here with... Uh, I think we might just hang in here. Lance Hayward uh, uh, from, uh, from England. Uh, Lance, can you hear me now? I can, yep. Uh, you know, I'm just speaking up. There's no difference. I'm just trying to... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to enunciate because yours is so good and you're English and I'm American and I feel... Well, kind that's of, as it should be. Yes, okay. <laughs> we never get over being the poor cousin, do we? Like the second... Which cousins now, I fear. Yeah, the, yeah but you know what I mean, in the, in the pecking order. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we never get over having to come to you for donations, yeah. I don't think. That's where we make it up. We've got the money, and you've got... How, how, Lance, we've how do got, you... We've got the ancestry, right. Yeah. How do you feel about this euro thing? Are you a little upset that you don't have a euro there in England? I don't think I'm particularly worried about all that nonsense. I think Europe, Europe is a, an entire fiction, myself. Oh, you don't believe in Europe? I don't believe it's any sort of reality. They've concocted this uh, arrangement for political and economic purposes, but I don't think Europe makes a lot of sense. So, in your view, there is no... No, well, let's not get controversial. No, no, I'm not trying to get controversial. Family entertainment, after all. But when you cross that little channel there, what do you think is on the other side? I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> uh, France. What's France, that? from my point of view. Oh, France, from your point of view. Okay, uh -huh. that's, that's awesome. Uh, Lance, are you familiar with the What Do You Know quiz? You know how it works? I haven't really been told, but it's a quiz is a quiz. A quiz is a quiz. <laughs> Uh, this is a general knowledge quiz. Uh, it's not really trivia at all. It's, uh, we have various categories, as you'll hear, and you are, you are teamed with a partner here. In this case, it's Don, the uh, psychic uh, vending uh, repairman. Uh -huh. Don, you want to say hello to Lance? Hi, Lance. Hello. So he's your partner. So all these questions you actually get to collaborate on. Right. And you get three right out of five, and you win some fabulous American prizes. Great. Okay. Yep. So first of all, here's our announcer, uh, Jim Packard, who is uh, English ancestry, don't yes, you? Yes, uh, from Ipswich. Ipswich. Nothing there. No, nothing. No. Um, <laughs> Jim, uh, what are the categories? Uh, the categories are current events, people, 
places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science or odds and ends? Those are our categories. Lance, what, what's the hardest quiz you've played so far in England? Uh, the toughest is University Challenge, this latest one, because they throw in all the things which science undergraduates and the like uh, might be expected to be studying. Uh -huh, and did you win that one? Obscure stuff. I can't tell you that because it hasn't yet been transmitted. We're still going. Oh, you're still going. Okay, so this will be over in a minute, though. This thing is over quick right, right, like that, so that, that's the beauty of it. Okay, so those are the categories. You want to you hear them again? Lance, you pick the first category. You want to hear them again? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Current events, people, places, school, science, odds and ends. Oh, what? No. How about people? People. This is kind of survey results. Are you... that okay for you? Uh, let's change the category. Okay, That's change what it. it's about. Yeah. <laughs> want to hear them uh, again? Go back to school. School. Okay. Go back to school. Things you should have learned uh, uh, in school. Okay. All right, just trying to help Artemis uh, turn the two sisters of the slain Meliager into what? Beechwood trees, polyps, or guinea hens? Do we Talk it over with Don, um, the psychic uh, vending repairman. Yeah, do we confer? Yes, yes. you can confer. What's your view? Uh, guinea hens. You're sure about that? No. No? <laughs> I'm not sure. My house would be the beechwood trees. He is psychic, though, however. Okay, uh, we'll go with the psychic. Let him have his choice. He has had a public school education, but here it really is public school. That's a different. Right. We'll, t we'll take his step. Guinea hens is right. <laughs> he turned two sisters into guinea hens. He's trying to help them. And they looked exactly the same after. It's the most amazing thing that ever happened. That's one right and no wrong. One right and no. You get the two more right and you've won this, uh, this uh, Paramount quiz here in America. Uh, Lance, so go uh -huh. to Don to pick uh, one of the categories. Current events, people, places, science, or odds and ends? Science. Science. Okay, now the two of you will collaborate on this answer. All right. Did turtles evolve slowly? <laughs> now, by turtles, you people mean what we call tortoises, I take it, just to establish our terms of reference. Yes, so you call them tortoises, we call them turtles, because right, it's, it's it. okay. shorter. <laughs> did, did turtles evolve slowly? Over the course of evolution, we know that things evolve at different rates. We know they're slow these days. Did they evolve slowly? Talk it over, Don and Lance. How fast can evolution be, is my question. <laughs> Not quick enough to get, get us out of this, I don't think. It depends what they call slow. Must take a few millennium, mustn't it? I mean, well, your hunch? Relatively. We're talking relatively slow. Are they slower than other species or faster? My guess is that this is a catch question. Because you think they're slow animals, they're probably faster in evolution. What's your guess? I would guess that they're slow evolution because they haven't changed much in millions of years. How well, do you know that? Okay, well... Discover um, channel. And Lance uh, says that... <laughs> no, 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 I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with him again. I'm, I think I'm, I'm backing a winner by going with him. You think you're backing a winner? No, he I'm... seems to be a man who knows his subject. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, the answer is fast. They oh. actually evolved quite quickly. A uh, surprising result now discovered by scientists at the uh, uh, National Museum of uh, Sciences in Madrid. So I guess that would be... One right and one wrong. One right and one wrong. You're still uh -huh. on track here. Lance, back to you for one of these categories. Current events, people, places, or odds and ends. Let's try places. Places, all right, let's try this here. <clears throat> in the north of England. Uh-huh. The folk dance of men who think they're in Robin Hood's married. <laughs> Please keep it down, I'm trying to do a quiz. In the north of England, the folk dance of men who think they're in Robin Hood's merry band is called what dance? 
talk it over now. Uh, Don, Lance, folk dance, but men who usually dress up in Robin Hood uh, type costumes. The Mary Unless Band. they're thinking of Morris dancing, I really don't uh, know what they're talking about. If you've got a better hunch than Morris dancing, let's trade it, but otherwise I'd go for that. You think it's Morris dancing? <laughs> Either that or the dance of the green fairies. <laughs> dance of the green fairies? That's I've never a, seen them. You've never well, that's seen a local them. thing that goes on. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Lance. The Morris dance? Yep. That's right, the Morris dance. Or Don. The Morris dance. Which actually, you know, Lance, did you know that's supposed to derive from Moorish? I did know that, but I'd never heard any connection with Robin Hood, so you obviously know more about English customs than we do. Oh, right? yes, we're quite well-versed <laughs> on it. Because we think they're cool over here, and we try to learn as much as possible. And, uh, Jim, that's... That's two right and one wrong. Okay, we one wrong. We try not to pretend we go in for it when we do it. Yes. You don't Morris dance yourself? No, I don't. Do not either two. Not in school. Do you perform in any folk rituals whatsoever of English? Nothing I publicize on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Two right and one wrong, I think you said, Jim? That's correct. Now, what remains, then? Uh, current events, people or odds and ends for Don. All right, Don. Current events. Current events, out of the newspaper. All right. All right, <clears throat> here's a question that's kind of current in a way. Which theory holds currency among Titanists, those interested in the Titanic? Okay, which is very current now, this interest. Is it the brittle steel theory, the bad rivets theory, or the unusually hard iceberg theory? <laughs> As you know, these theories have changed over time. I want to know which one is, is current among uh, Titanists. Lance and, uh, and Don, talk it over. My hunch would be brittle steel. How about you? That would be my first guess. I, I don't recall reading about it at all. No, I haven't read any particular theories about the course of it. Well, Can you do that outside, please? Well, <laughs> it really sounds terrible. What, what were my choices again? Your, your choices are here. Uh, the, the, the current theory now, is it brittle steel, bad rivets, or unusually hard iceberg? I think I'm drawing something from that psychic pool that says bad rivets. Bad rivets. Bad rivets. Lance, I, I, you, I rather doubt that one. You doubt that one? You, you yeah. favor the brittle steel. I still prefer brittle steel. Brittle steel? I think icebergs were one hardness. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Boy, I, I really have Between a strong, rivets feeling, and the strong feeling towards rivets. <laughs> How are we going to break this joke? Lance, you uh, concede this point, or...? Uh, yeah, I've still got a hunch that's wrong, but I mean, on the other hand, if, uh, if he's right and I bulldoze him out, then I shall never be forgiven, shall I? Okay, I'll concede. Go for the rivets. I think you, you shall be forgiven at some point. I, I don't, not, maybe not immediately, but... I do belong to a trivia team. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Okay, that, that's authority. That's pedigree. This is not trivia, though, we mentioned. That's pedigree? Is that what you said? If don't you get snobbish with us, Lance, just because you're English. <laughs> and we went to land-grant colleges here. Uh, brittle steel, bad rivets, uh, usually hard iceberg. Which gentleman uh, do you choose? We're going for the rivets. Rivets. Rivets is right. Bad rivets. Riddle Steel is out. As a theory, you've won the What Do You Know quiz, Lance and Don. And you've won some fabulous prizes, haven't they, Jim Patrick? Yes, indeed, Lance. You're going to spend your remaining days discovering all there is to know, and then some with the Encyclopedia Britannica in your choice of the CD-ROM or Britannica online version. That's an American book, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Don, you and three other people will start the New Year right with a fabulous family fun package in Green Bay, including a two-night stay and passage Can't to the National Railroad. Can we switch this? Because he could use the Britannica and send Lance to Green Bay, for God's sake. <laughs> Lance, have you been to Green Bay? Not yet. Not yet. Yes, are, you, are you willing to explore place. this, uh, Lance? 
Oh, go ahead, Jim. Do what you were doing. <laughs> the family fun package, I mean, it is available, uh, including a two-night stay in passes to the National Railroad Museum, the Neville Public Museum, many more attractions. Let's throw it in, too. Lunch for, at Kroll's Restaurant from the Green Bay Area Visitor and Convention Bureau. All yeah. right, each of them gets that. Yeah, sure. Throw it in, and Lance. We can't make the connection for it. That's not all. Yeah, that's, that's not all. There's, there's more. more. Yeah. You'll save us some tunes from the Love Nest and to the Hotel Texas, uh, rendered by Ralph uh, Archibald on the CD "Seeking the Barber of Seville" from Arch and Hold Records, mm -hmm. and finish that off with 1998 was a joke. All of the news that wasn't by Michael Feldman from Not Much Books. Congratulations. Fabulous prizes, Lance. Thank you very much for playing. You won. Thanks for representing the British Isles. You did a great job. I can put you on hold right now. Anything you want to say to the American audience before you leave us? No, I think the American audience is a very good audience. And at least I may not have known the answers, but I know where to pick the chap who does. Yes. A little thanks for the Marshall Plan might be in order, but that's okay. <laughs> and all that spam we sent you guys over those years. But thanks, Lance. Nice talking to you. Lance Hayward. My on the line, all the way from England. And Don. Oh, yes, Don. Fabulous Thank job, Don. Thank you very much, and you can leave now. Thank you. What do you know will be in Minneapolis this coming Not Saturday much. night? Saturday, January 23rd. Tickets at 612-989-5151. And, of course, we'll be in Biloxi, Mississippi at the Grand Theater at the Grand Casino Saturday, February 13th. Ticket information at 800-946-2946 or 800-WIN-A-WIN. Uh, loud and clear in New Bern, North Carolina, it says here. So we're on in New Bern, North Carolina. Excellent. That may be the only place in the country, but that's okay. We'll play to New Bern. So every reference should be a North Carolinian one. Very good. If you should just mark that down here. Uh, we got lots of show coming up here, including something that you listen to, I think, every week at this time, something that you long to hear, something that tells you something about yourself and the people who live around you. That's right. It's time once again for Town of the Week. Picked at random from our map here that you see in front of you. Here is Jim Packard to tell you about our town. Welcome to a land of husking bees, quilting bees, spelling bees, and an occasional taffy pull or two. Tucked away on Indiana's western border is the little village of Vetersburg, a town of 1800 named for Peter Veter, who platted this site in Peter 1872. Veter? Peter Veter. What does that actually mean in English? Don't you wonder what that no, means? No, I don't wonder about no. those things. Yeah, how do you spell Veter? Veter is a V-E-D-E-R. Three E's? Uh, two E's. Good. But, uh, well, three E's, yeah, yes. Yeah, Veters, yeah. Vetersburg? Vetersburg. B-U or B-E? B-U. Oh, it's not Jewish then? No. Okay. And I'm not sure about Veter, whether Veter. he was or not. Okay. But he planted the site in 1872. He yeah. never lived there, but he did open the first lumber yard and sold farm implements. That was important because the first settlers were dis displaced farmers from Ohio, oh. Virginia, and Maryland. Oh. Uh, today, the Vetersburg area... How could he open a store and not live there? What did he... Where did he live? Absentee manager or something like that. You mean he opened a store and then, and then left? left? Well, he had other business interests. Then they robbed him blind when he was gone? He had other business interests, I presume. Uh, elsewhere? Elsewhere. Oh. And then had a manager to take care of things. Oh, yeah. Exploiter. <laughs> <laughs> Today, the Vetersburg area is one of nicely appointed, widely separated farms. If you scratch the resurfacing of many a main street in Indiana and Illinois, you'll find Vetersburg, Indiana impressed on the bricks, symbolic of a long-gone industrial age. Oh. Vetersburg Bricks even made up the original track of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway when it was built in 1910. Yeah. Uh, today, Vetersburg's larger manufacturers include Fountain Foundry, Master Guard Truck Bumpers, and Krupp Gerlach Crankshafts. Vetersburg has a well-known yeah. local product in Peyton's Barbecue, which is shipped throughout the region. The town's children attend Fountain Central Consolidated School. For recreation, there's one of the state's most popular areas two miles away at Rogers Lake. 
near the banks of the Wabash, our town of the week, Vetersburg, Indiana. Beautiful Vetersburg, Indiana. Got the uh, Vetersburg, uh, what is this here? The it's not really the Vetersburg. Fountain County neighbor? Yeah. Serving Attica, Covington, Vetersburg, and all Fountain County. That uh, says here, a city to study snow route ordinance. Makes you want to read that. Uh, we are calling right now randomly to Vetersburg because we don't know anyone there, basically. And uh, to see if someone will speak with us, tell us sure. about Vetersburg. Um, it says, some residents' cars have been driving Covington and city officials crazy. The heavy snowfall meant long hours for city crews. The problem got worse. They work around residents' cars parked along the street. This is a common problem. Uh, and they say here that uh, the way we've got it now, vehicles can't get through, especially emergency vehicles. And now there's a draft of proposed ordinance uh, for emergency parking uh, ordinance, which you've had here for years. And it, uh, does it work? It works, doesn't it? It works. Yeah. It works in our block. Yeah. Council case final annexation request coming to panel ways. And see if there's anything about Vetersburg in here. Someone shoveling. We've had a lot of snow in the area, obviously. Amy Ashwell graduates from Purdue. Domesticated Debs have annual dinner. Domesticated Debs. Now, how many would you like to belong to a group that's called Domesticated Debs? Any of you? Applaud if you would. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, wouldn't work in Madison here, I guess. Well, that's film reviews. I'm looking for a Vetersburg news. We're calling right now. Lyle, how's it going? Pretty good? Yeah. You know, you have a microphone there, actually. Lyle. You could actually speak if you had to. There it yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Don't apologize, please. Is it hard to find someone in Vetersburg? Oh, you have someone from Vetersburg. Okay. All right, let's go to line right two. We have, um, is it Cassie? Yeah, this has kind of a strange uh, type on it, this new system here. Cassie Kinderman from Vetersburg. Uh, hi, Cassie. How are you? Just fine. Nice to talk with you. Uh, uh, this is Michael Feldman of Michael Feldman's What Do You Know? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we're a public radio show that's uh, not being heard on public radio today due, due to the impeachment. Were you watching the impeachment hearings? Or? No, I wasn't. We didn't take you away from that, did we? No. Have you seen any of it? We saw a little bit this morning. Yeah, anything good? We got tired of it. Yeah. No videotape or anything like that. Demonstrations no. or n nothing interesting or cool. Um, and uh, uh, Cassie, have you heard of our show? What do you know? No, I haven't. Well, let me tell you about it. It's a, uh, a public radio show, uh, which is kind of a quiz show, but we honor a town of the week. We threw a dart at a map, and we randomly picked towns. And did you hear Jim's description of Vetersburg? Yes, most of it. Did you, which part did you miss? The first part? I, I can't, just couldn't hear very well. Jim, why don't you do the uh, overview again? The just overview? Just, yeah, yeah. All right, let me get that out here. Uh, bricks uh, made at the uh, brickyards, um, yeah. which are now long gone, made up the original track of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway yeah. and are also found around uh, Chicago's Loop, some of the original brick there. Oh, interesting. Um, Master Guard truck bumpers, uh, Krupp Gerlach crankshafts, Fountain Foundry, Peyton's Barbecue, uh, Peter Veter, who founded the town back in 1872. And then left. That's just, just left. the highlights. Yeah. That's good. Those are some of the highlights. Is that pretty accurate to, to your yeah. talking? Anything that he left out that's important to know about Vetersburg? Oh, not that I, not that I can think of. Are you a native there? You lived there all your life? Or? Yes, I have. Yeah, since you were a young girl. Huh? Since you were a young girl. Well, I still am pretty young, but I've lived here my whole life. Yes, even a younger girl. Well, how old are you, Cassie? I'm 23. You're 23, yes. I would say that's still quite young. Are you, are you working now? Yes. Uh, where do you work at? I work at the food basket there in Vetersburg. The food basket? Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh, Super- the only grocery store in the whole town. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Vetersburg is pretty small. Everyone knows each other. Do you like that kind of atmosphere? Yes. Do you ever long to go to the big city where you can be anonymous? And, and <laughs> no, not really. No? And uh, Cassie, uh, tell, uh, when you were a kid hanging out in Petersburg, where, where do kids uh, hang out there for fun? Where's the place well, to go? Well, um, we used to have a pool hall, but oh. that closed. Oh. Did it close for a reason? or? Oh, I, it just, I think that just nobody ever kept it going. Too oh. many people got in trouble. And there was like a trouble, that, yeah, okay, trouble spot. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we just hung around town, I think. Mm-hmm. And now that, are you uh, going out now? Are you going out with someone? Or? Hmm? Uh, I don't mean to pry here or anything, but I mean, I mean now that you're, at the, you're definitely at a dating age, are you single? Oh, I'm woman? married. Oh, you're married. Okay, fine. That's and what I have two to... little boys. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. And uh, when, you're, when you're taking them around town, what spots do they like to go to? Oh, they, I take them to the park. Oh. Mm-hmm. And we take them, they got a nice library there in town. Okay. And we go there. <laughs> And when guests come in from out of town, now the, the place that you like to show, show off most about Petersburg is, where would you take them to? The place I'd like to show off most? Yeah, you take them immediately because you want them to see this would be? Something that's really nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I th- one of the nicest buildings in town, one of the nicest places is the library. Oh. It was built, it hasn't been built that long ago. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice and they've got, I mean, it's a real nice kept place and they've got a lot there and. They just got a whole new computer system, and so it's a good library, and it's yes, it's really good, well stocked. All right, and so we do the library. Let's say in the morning, then we're. I'm assuming that I'm coming, <laughs> and you're showing me around. Do the library, then where do we go for lunch? For lunch? Yeah. Oh, I think Blue and Gold Pizza has the best food. Blue and Gold Pizza? Would they have mm-hmm. pizza there? I guess it would be the. Hmm. That would be the pizza place. Do they offer other Italian dishes as well, or? A what? Is that just strictly a pizza menu, or can you get... Uh, um, they have sandwiches and stuff, too. They do? Okay, so that's good. And then for evening entertainment, assuming we get a sitter for the kids, where do we go? Oh, for evening entertainment. Yeah. You remember that before you got married, evening entertainment? <laughs> Going out, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're out of the loop, huh? That's kind of hard. Yeah. Is there like a big... We've got a video store. A video store? Okay. <laughs> So we get videos to hang around the house, basically. Yeah. That sounds fine with me, Cassie. Uh, I can be there. Let's see. It's, uh, since we're not working in radio anymore, we can be there pretty quickly, I think. Well, uh, Cassie, I want to thank you very much for taking the time. I know this is weird and uh, kind of hard to believe it's true, but we will send you stuff to prove that we're on the up and up. Jim, what can we send, Cassie? Cassie, we're going to send you a deluxe parcel of three pounds of select 100% natural Wisconsin cheeses packaged in a traditional wooden cheese box from Steve's Cheese Company, along with all of the news that wasn't 1998 was a joke by Michael Feldman from Not Much Books. We hope you enjoy those. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Cassie Kinderman from Petersburg. Our town of the week. We have time here to throw the dart. Did you want to throw that? I guess you, you had your hand up there first. Come on up here if you would. Your name is? Caitlin. What is it? Caitlin. Caitlin. Nice to have you here, Caitlin. You're lefty? Okay, whip it in there, Caitlin. This picks our town of the week for next time. Up off the coast of Texas. That's the thing. There's probably an oil rig out there, but we don't do oil rigs. Yes. Oh, good. You get uh, Georgia. The north of Georgia looks like the... Uh, uh, I would say that uh, Gainesville. Gainesville? Gainesville, Georgia. Town of the week for next week. Thank you very much.
Ideas and Michael Feldman's 1998 was a joke. Click on notmuch.com. Michael Feldman's What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International. Michael Feldman, producer international. Chris Bannon, producer. Assistance from Lyle Anderson, Judith Heisey Kovalik, Diana Cook, Debbie Builder, Kelly Osborne, and Jessica Loshesky. Technical director Tom Blaine, engineering by Stephen Cologne. Next week, on the road at the State Theater in Minneapolis with special guests including Willie Wisely and the Conquerors and storyteller comedian Colleen Cruz. Michael? Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you for coming down here. Join us again when you get a chance. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Support for What Do You Know comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and from public radio members like you. To order a cassette copy of today's show, call area code 303-823-8000. And tell us what you know by visiting Michael Feldman's official What Do You Know website at www.notmuch.com. Play the online quiz, hear all of the latest news that isn't, and interact with the sage of Wisconsin himself, Michael Feldman. That's notmuch.com. PRI Public Radio International.
uh, and much to uh, the dismay of the industry. So I think they're going to have to turn their attention, however, to the courtroom in months to come. Well, the tobacco companies have now settled large Medicaid lawsuits with uh, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Minnesota. Other states have been waiting to receive a portion of the $500 billion the tobacco settlement would have provided over 25 years. What happens now? Will all the other states start bringing suits? Well, most of the other states, as you know, have filed suits. I believe about 40 or 41 states had suits pending. Um, but I believe that the four that settled were the four most troublesome for the industry. They were uh, among the first half dozen cases that had been filed, and most uh, of those had been pending for now, uh, for about four years now. Many of the other suits that were filed were filed much more recently. And there were peculiarities with each of the first four cases that made them particularly onerous for the industry. Uh, I'm not sure that subsequent cases are going to be as difficult, and uh, I'm not sure that the industry is going to decide they need to be settled. They may well litigate. What about individual and class action lawsuits? Uh, with only a couple of exceptions, the industry has won those. Any reason to think they won't keep winning? I think so. This is not business as usual for the industry. The last four years have been very, very difficult for cigarette manufacturers. There's been almost nonstop over the last four years, uh, you know, negative information in the press every day, every week, uh, about what the industry knew and when they knew it. Um, now that that information is available to the public, available to plaintiff's lawyers, I think uh, there'll be no shortage of plaintiff's plaintiff's lawyers coming forward and filing scores of suits against tobacco manu uh, cigarette manufacturers. Additionally, uh, in the old days, it used to be that the individual cases were the only cases that were being litigated. Now we have states suing, insurance funds suing, health funds for unions suing, and a variety of other entities.